Hey, what's up everyone? Welcome in. Welcome new listeners, current listeners. This is WFS, episode 13 of The Will Ford Show. Sorry I'm a day late. I've been doing it on Fridays. It is Saturday. Track started for me this week. Had a lot of college work to do. My apologies. But hey, we'll give you something to listen to on your Saturday. All right. We've had a lot going on. We've got a lot of rare trades in the NFL. Had a ton of trades. And we've got a good show for you guys. So let's get started. Uh, So the Oscars was recently, not too long ago. And Kobe Bryant actually won an Oscar. He won an Oscar for the best animated short, his Dear Basketball film. And I thought his film was was great. It was terrific. And it showed the evolution of Kobe's love for the game and his feelings for the game. It went from that that passion since he was a little kid to having the time of his life and then realizing when it was time to step away. And I, I thought it was a, a very great piece. And the funny thing about this is Kobe has one nomination and one win. And I saw this stat the other day and Leo DiCaprio has like 20 nominations or something. And he also only has one win. So I thought that was kind of funny. But I, I think this is truly incredible that Kobe won an Oscar because it, it sets a, plat, a platform for other athletes to create. So I, I, I thought this was great. And then his speech, uh, he, he started off by saying, you know, players are meant to, are supposed to shut up and dribble. Taking a shot at that Fox News reporter, and then saying saying that, and then just saying that like he wanted to do this and just show his love for the game. I, I thought it was great. A little bit of in case you missed it, I want to talk about J.R. Smith's one game soup suspension. <laughs> And we don't really know the whole story. All we know is that he threw a bowl of soup at a team assistant or an assistant coach or something. And I feel like these things are kind of blown out of proportion sometimes. We live in an age where you're sitting in a room with a group of people. And let's say you say a color to someone. And by the time it goes all the way around the room... It's a completely different color. JR could have thrown the soup at the at the floor or at the wall or something. And by the time it left the room, people were saying that JR threw it at an assistant coach. Now, I I'm not saying that's for sure. I'm not saying that that's what happened. But that's my take on it. We we don't know and people could have just blown it out of proportion. And speaking of the Cavs, LeBron said he doesn't care if the Cavs finish the season 
as the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference. And I honestly believe him. I really don't think he cares. He, he never cares about the regular season. All LeBron cares about is the playoffs and getting back to the finals. He's in cruise control for the majority of the regular season. And then he is just on an otherworldly level in the playoffs. And I'm not saying they're going to win the East. I still like Boston and Toronto. Looks like they're for real this year. They just beat Houston last night. And their 17-game winning streak. So we'll see what happens. But I honestly believe LeBron when he says he doesn't care. And he said that it doesn't matter what seed we are. Any first-round matchup they have, whoever it's against, that team should be scared. They should be because it's LeBron James. But we'll see what happens. I'm excited to see how how the playoffs shake out. And then LeBron also came out. Well, he didn't come out, but someone came out of a lit with a list of his potential free agent destinations. This is reportedly his top four places to go in free agency. Even though he said he's not really thinking about free agency, which is a lie. But right now his four teams are the Cavs, the Lakers, the Rockets, and the 76ers. And I think this is as, this is as expected for the most part. It's, it's not really a surprise. Maybe I would have thought the Spurs would have been in there. Maybe over the 76ers. But aside from that... Really, I'm not surprised. And the 76ers would be a great choice. They have Ben Simmons, who's Ben Simmons, who is butting into a star. We'll, we're, we have yet to see what Markel Fultz can do. Joel Embiid is a beast. LeBron going there. That team might win the East. Who knows? I don't think he's going to stay in Cleveland after this season. The Rockets, I think, is a it's a long shot just because of the money they would have to free up and their bench would not be very deep with Harden, Paul, and LeBron. Right now, the Lakers and the 76ers look like the most likely fits. They, they both have cap room. The Lakers have the ability to sign two free agents. So LeBron could recruit Paul George to come. The 76ers can get him and also build a, a, a decent core around them. Maybe they won't be able to get another superstar, but they have Embiid, so that's fine. Right now, I expect LeBron to go to the Lakers after this season. That is my prediction. And that's assuming they, they don't win the title. I don't think they're going to win the title, but if they, if they won the title, he's going to stay. But they're not going to win the title, so I think he's going to go to the Lakers. And speaking of playoff basketball, March Madness is coming up here in the very near future. And I am really excited because it's one of the best times of the year in sports. It's just so great and so fun to to watch the games, watch all the buzzer beaters, watch all the upsets, fill out brackets. Gosh, I probably fill out like 10 brackets a year just 
for the fun of it because it's so fun. And right now, one of the biggest questions is, should Oklahoma be in? They've lost eight out of their ten, eight out of the last ten of their games and 11 of the last 15. And Trey Young hasn't been playing very well. So I would say, no, they shouldn't be in. They don't deserve to be in with the way they're playing. But will they get in? My guess is probably. And the reason I say that is because the NCAA likes to have as much firepower as possible in the tournament. But, but this kind of reminds me, though, of Ben Simmons when he was at LSU a few years ago. Like, Ben Simmons was outstanding, the best player in the country. But LSU wasn't a very good team, and they didn't make the tourney. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. They'll, I, I think they'll probably get in just because it's Trey Young and, and whatnot. But regardless, I am really, really excited for the tourney. Really excited. So the NFL Combine just finished up. And... There's some big stories. Shaquem Griffin is a, is a huge story. Maurice Hurst, the tackle out of Michigan. Saquon Barkley is probably separated from the rest as probably the top prospect in the draft. And with Maurice Hurst, they found out he had a heart condition at the Combine. And right now he's projected to be a mid to late first rounder. Or he was projected, but now I would say he's probably projected as an early or mid-second rounder. Because we don't know how that heart condition is going to limit him at all. And they're still doing testing on that, so we have no idea right now. But a lot of mock drafts had Maurice Hurst going to the Cowboys at 19, and I thought that was very likely. And I thought that would have been a good fit. But now I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. If if he's going to get he's going to get drafted in the second round, I think. And then Shaquem Griffin from UCF. Gosh, he had an outstanding combine. Oh my gosh, forty yard dash was a four three eight for a line, for a linebacker. You like it's really really good to see four fives. Four sixes, but a four three eight. That's faster than Odell and Zeke. And he had twenty reps on the bench press with a prosthetic attached to his wrist because he does he does he only has one hand. He did twenty reps with a prosthetic. And from the drills I was watching him do, the linebacker drills. He can catch too. He can catch better with one hand than most people can. Most of those linebackers can with two. If he doesn't go in the first three rounds, honestly, I think the system is flawed. I, I think there's something wrong with every single GM. And the thing is about Shaquem Griffin is that his. His whole story about having one hand, it's going to turn into one of those monumental draft stories when he's drafted. 
And it's going to be a huge deal. They're going to make a huge deal out of it because he only has one hand. But that shouldn't be the case. Like obviously, it's that's amazing that he can play this as as well as he does with one hand. But he's just a great football player. That you don't need to focus on the one hand thing. I don't think he wants to focus on that. He's just out there to play. Like this kind of reminds me of Michael Sam a few years ago. He was the SEC Defensive Player of the Year at Missouri. And in the SEC, when you win Defensive Player of the Year and you're, you've got Alabama in your conference with a defense like that, it's incredible. Michael Sam was projected third or fourth, third or fourth rounder. And then before the draft, he came out that he was gay. And he ended up getting drafted in the seventh round. And he never got a real chance to play because of his sexual orientation. And that's wrong. It's, it's just completely irrelevant when it comes to football. I just really have a bad feeling that when, whenever Shaquem gets drafted, wherever he goes, it's going to turn into a huge story. And it doesn't need to be. The guy's one of the best linebackers in the country. And speaking of irrelevancy, the NFL Combine over the years has uh, coaches from teams have asked a lot of weird questions to players. And with Darius Geist, the running back from LSU, he got asked two very offensive and, quite frankly, rule-breaking questions during his interview with a team we do not know. But one of the questions was, do you like men? Completely irrelevant. It has nothing to do with football. It has nothing to do with how a, a person can play football. And number two, is your mom a prostitute? Again, has no relevance with how Darius Geis is as a person. How does what his mom does have anything to do with how Darius guys plays football. The questions just have no relevancy. And they violate league rules. Like teams are not allowed to ask these kind of questions. You cannot ask them. And it's illegal in the United States to ask those kind of questions at a, at a job interview. Because this is basically what this is. It's basically a job interview. You've applied. You got you got your interview. And whether or not they draft you is whether or not you get hired. That's, that's basically what this is. This is basically a job interview. And they're asking these kind of demeaning questions. It's against the rules. Whoever asks questions like this need to be fired. Like, forget suspending them from the combine or just suspending them in general or fining them. Just straight up fire them from their teams. And something that could make these questions stop is stripping a team of a draft pick. Maybe like a third or a fourth round or something significant. Not like a sixth or a seventh. Like, 
I would say a third rounder is fair. If you ask those kind of questions, you're stripped of a third round draft pick. And what they should do, honestly, is to they should film every single interview that every team has with any player and every player. Film it. And then you can see whether or not those questions were asked. If those questions were asked, number one, that person is fired. Number two, you strip them of a third round pick. It's got to be something significant. It's the only way it's going to make these questions stop. And people are so worried about like whether or not players are gay or not. Like I understand the whole locker room thing. But these guys just want to play football. They're not worried about the other stuff. They're, they want to play football. Here are some other irrelevant questions. I looked up some other questions that were asked by NFL teams to players. And gosh, some of these are just insane. One of them is, do you find your mother attractive? Like, what? What kind of question is that? I don't understand what that means. Like, if you say, I don't want to answer that, they're going to take that the wrong way. But also, if you if you answer it, they're going to think you're weird or whatever. So, I, I, I just, that's a, that's a question with a double load to it. Like, you answer one way, you take heat. You, t you answer the other way, you take heat. I, I just don't get it. If you could kill someone without getting caught, would you? What kind of... I, I don't understand. If I had to mur if you had to murder someone, would you use a gun or a knife? What? what? We're asking about murder now? Is this really what we're doing? Is this really how we're evaluating prospects? We're going to ask them how they would kill people. We're going to ask them if they would kill someone if they didn't get caught. Like, seriously? I, I just, I don't understand it. Here's another one. When did you lose your virginity? Again, no relevance. What does that have to do with football? It has nothing to do with football. Have you ever cheated on your wife? Do you wear a chalk strap or a G-string when you play? And I thought that that one's just weird. That's really weird. It's just who asks that question? Who asks that? I don't. I, I just. I don't know. These questions make no sense. Like I understand asking questions like the personality ones. Like, like, do you see yourself more as like this kind of animal or that kind of animal or whatever? Just because certain animals have different tendencies and whatever, and you're just trying to do a personality test on them and whatnot. Yeah, I, I get those kind of questions. And I like the problem-solving questions and and things like that. But, like, have you ever cheated on your wife? Like, what? What do you mean? How does that have anything to do with football? Like, if that were me, if that were me, I would just get out, get up and walk out right away if I got asked that question. Or any of these other questions. I would just get up and walk out. 
and then I would report it to the league and say, you've got to do something about this. It's just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Doesn't make any sense whatsoever. God. But with the draft coming up, we're going to move on now. The draft is coming up. And NFL free agency is in full swing. This is the most action we've seen in the offseason in a long time. The Rams traded for Marcus Peters a couple weeks ago. Traded a package of picks for Marcus Peters. And then they just traded for Aqib Tlaib. Traded a fifth rounder for Aqib Tlaib from Denver. That's, that's a really good secondary now. Like I get Tlaib's like 33, 34. But, and his, his salary is a lot too, but for a one-year rental, you're getting a really, really good corner. He may not be as fast as he once was, but he's still very physical, very experienced. I really like that move. That's a really good one-year rental. And if you want to keep him, you can just sign him year by year. And the Rams also traded Alec Ogletree away to the Giants and traded Robert Quinn to the Dolphins. I'm not sure why they made those moves. I think they were just trying to get some picks and just kind of free up some cap and, and become a little more flexible. But, yeah, that secondary now, that's a real secondary. That's really good. And then the Seahawks. The Seahawks have pulled the plug on everything. Like their rebuild is now officially starting. The Legion of Boom is over. They traded Michael Bennett to the Eagles for a fifth rounder and a not very good wide receiver. I don't know his name. And if I told you his name, you had, you'd have no idea who he was. And usually that's a pretty good indicator that they're not very good. Uh, and they also they also traded a seventh rounder. So Michael Bennett and a seventh for a fifth and then a garbage wide receiver. And then they cut Richard Sherman. They cut Richard Sherman. I, I'm just I'm really surprised they 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 didn't try to Find some, I'm surprised there's not even a market for him. Like A team wouldn't trade from Richard Sherman. I get that he's at a torn Achilles right now. But he'll be fine once the season rolls around. Maybe he, it might take a, a little bit for him to get, to get back. But I would definitely trade for Richard Sherman. He's, he's making a lot of money, so the cap hit's going to be big. But, I mean, I'm surprised that no team called the Seahawks and said, hey, We'll take Sherman off your hands. And supposedly they, they released Sherman for salary reasons because they're, they just really don't, they don't have any cap space whatsoever. And they, they are not closing the door on letting him actually go though. Like even though he's a free agent, they said they would, they're considering just bringing him back on a cheaper deal, which makes sense. But Richard Sherman also said he wants to go to a contender, and the Seahawks are not a contender. They're not a contender. 
they're the they're probably the third best team. I would say they're the third best team in their division. The 49ers are a better team. And the Rams are a better team. The, the, the Seahawks won't, they wouldn't have made the playoffs this year, even if they had kept their whole team together. I don't think they would have made the playoffs. But the 49ers are interested in, in Richard Sherman. I've, I've seen that New England is a possibility, and man, that would be something if, if Richard Sherman went there. I saw the Raiders, the Dolphins. So that's something interesting to look out for. I'm, Really excited to see where Sherman goes because he's still one of the best corners in the league. I would I would much rather a hobbled Richard Sherman than a lot of corners in this league. And then they're also going to be listening to offers for their safety, Earl Thomas. So they're really looking to blow everything up. And if I'm a team like the Dallas Cowboys... I think I would pull the trigger on a trade for Earl Thomas. Like maybe you possibly trade Byron Jones in a in a pick, or maybe maybe one of the their young corners in like Chadobia Woozy, or I wouldn't trade Jordan Lewis, but maybe maybe you uh, do Anthony Brown in a in a few picks or something. Because the the Cowboys actually have quite a few picks in the. In the later rounds, in, in rounds four, five, and six, they have two picks in each. So I would give up like one of the young corners and like a, a fifth rounder or something for for Earl Thomas. And I think the Seahawks would do that too because they're getting a young guy who can contribute and they can develop him and he's, he's cheap. They're getting a draft pick and then they're freeing up whatever the cap hold is on Earl Thomas. So that would be something pretty interesting if that happened. I would be really interested to see that. And then, my oh my, the Browns. The Browns have been heavily involved in trades over the last day or two. Like, literally, their GM, John Dorsey, turned into Kobe Altman. Like, what Kobe Altman did with the Cavs, traded away 40% of their roster. That's basically what what John Dorsey's doing in Cleveland with the Browns. They, they traded a fourth and a seventh for star receiver Jarvis Landry. That's incredible. I thought Landry would command at least a second rounder. So that's a great deal there. They traded a third rounder for Tyrod Taylor, which I thought was really surprising because I thought they were in the market for a quarterback in the draft. And then they tr they traded their starting quarterback, Deshaun Kaiser, to the Packers for corner Demarius Randall. So that gives them... A little bit better of the secondary, and it makes sense why they traded Kaiser because they're bringing in Tyrod Taylor, and then they traded Danny Shelton and a fifth-round pick to the Patriots for a third rounder. So they're replacing the third rounder they they traded to the Bills. This is incredible. 
this team looks really interesting now. And they, they still have their first and the fourth pick, three second-round picks, and many, many, many other picks. Like, this makes things very interesting now with the draft coming up. It really does. Because trading for Tyrod Taylor now, I think that effectively takes them out of the the QB field for, for the draft. I don't think they're going to draft a quarterback now. And they should absolutely 100% take Saquon Barkley number one. Like now especially. Like even if you weren't going to before, if you weren't going to before because of the quarterbacks that were available in the draft, like Donald, Rosen, Allen, Baker. But now you have no reason not to get Saquon because now you have Tyrod Taylor. And even if you didn't trade for Tyrod Taylor, even if you didn't trade for him, because they all, they also have the fourth pick as well, they could have waited to take a quarterback at four because it looks like the Giants aren't going to take a, a, a quarterback with the second pick. It looks like they're kind of tooling up for one more run with Eli Manning. And Indianapolis has Andrew Luck. So you can take Barkley at one, and then you'll have your choice at any quarterback at four. You can check, You can pick between... Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, and Josh Rosen. You have your choice. And I think all of them have the have star potential. Now, unless the Giants and the Colts trade back, if they trade back with teams that need a quarterback, like the Cardinals, the Jets, or the Broncos, and they go to two and three, then when it comes time for pick number four, maybe you only have Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen to pick from. Which is still fine because you're getting Barkley and one of those four quarterbacks. So I would absolutely have taken Barkley one regardless. And Barkley is not going to be there at pick four if you wait on him. Like, say the Browns would have taken Darnold 1. Barkley's not going to be there at 4. The Giants will take him. They will absolutely take him. And the Colts would take him. So you, you, he, you cannot pass on Barkley at number 1. You just can't. You can't do that. And if you draft Barkley at number 1, I think that's going to force the Giants and the Colts to trade back. I think they're they're hoping the Browns don't take Barkley number one. If the Browns don't take Barkley, the Giants will draft him, and that means the Colts will trade back. But if they pass, the Colts could get Barkley. And then you're stuck without a running back at pick number four. And you're stuck picking, I don't know, Minka Fitzpatrick. Well, actually, no, that doesn't even make sense now because they just traded for Demarius Randall, so that fills a corner position. Honestly, right now with the way this is set up, you take Barkley at number one, 
And the reason why you take Barkley number one is it's just a smart thing to do. It's not it's not that he's the best player in the draft, which even though he might be, it's not that he is. It's just ba- it's basic strategy. He won't be there if you pass and a number one. So you have to take him right then and there. Like, like I don't care about the whole history about running backs are never taken that high in the draft and one a running back hasn't been taken number one since the 60s and all that BS. Like, I don't care about that. It's basic strategy. You have to take Barkley one because he will not be there. You, he will not be there. But then what I foresee happening now, since they're not in the market for a, a defensive back in the first round maybe, you take Barkley one and then pick number four, the Browns could trade back. And what you could do maybe is trade back with the Bills because they're going to need a quarterback. You get pick number 21 and 22, and you can pick up some solid players there too. Maybe pick up a solid receiver to put on the other side of Landry, although you also have Josh Gordon and, and Corey Coleman too, so maybe not even do that. Maybe draft offensive linemen. Maybe you can get a guy like Denzel Ward if he falls that far, or Josh Jackson. That's what I foresee, is that they will trade back from four. Since they have Demarius Randall coming in, and since they have Tyrod Taylor. That's what I foresee happening. That's what makes the most sense to me. Because realistically... Now that you have Tyrod, you're not you're not in the market. Other teams are like the Cardinals, the Dolphins potentially, the Jets, the Broncos. They're all going to want to move in to the top four. They'll they'll trade up with the Giants, with the Colts, and with the Browns. That's what I foresee happening. And trades rarely happen in the NFL. Like, you get one or two at the trade deadline during the season. Maybe one or two in the offseason. Very rare do you, you see very as many trades as we've seen this year. It's just rare. Most of the, of the trades you see in the NFL are in the draft. You just you swap draft picks and such. But the NFL isn't crazy with trades all the time like the NBA is. And here's why. I'm going to tell you why. It's it's rare that you see trades in the NFL because of the circumstances of the contracts are a lot more limiting. With with all the guaranteed money, age is a factor. You have a team trading everyone or in in just complete sell mode like the Seahawks right now. And we saw it with Jimmy Garoppolo to the 49ers. The players talked about it in trades 
need to be good enough and oftentimes young enough that the team trading for the player can't risk letting them go somewhere else. That's what the 49ers did with Jimmy Garoppolo. They did not want to risk Garoppolo getting traded somewhere else or signing somewhere else in the offseason. So they traded a second-round pick for him. And honestly, that was kind of low-balling. I think he was worth a first. But they traded a second-round pick for him, and they got it. Alright guys, that's all for me. This is a really short show this week. Kind of had some short topics. A lot of topics, but some short topics. So I'll try to get the show... I'll try to stretch out the show more next week and get some more topics and, and try to expand on them some more. Uh, make sure you guys follow the show on Twitter at The Will Ford Show. Rate and review the show on iTunes. Share it with people you know, friends, enemies, coworkers, whoever. I don't care. It's free. Do it. It's free. Even if you don't like the show, just do it. It's free. Who cares? All right, guys. We'll see you next week. It's WFS. Swap Production.